Wow. Good stuff. Um, I just want to say how much I appreciate our worship team. And uh, aren't they amazing? And isn't God doing a mighty work? I'm just so thankful. And uh, appreciate your heart, Francisco, um, and your just your transparency. It's really, a, really, really calls me to a deeper place. And I just really appreciate that. And uh, God's doing some good stuff here. I'm really excited to be a part of it. This morning, I'm going to be doing, finishing uh, the third of three messages talking about the CARE Network. The CARE Network is something that we as a church are moving into. It's a new way of doing pastoral care for our congregation, which will actually result in us having a heart to reach our community even more effectively. And um, so this morning, this message is called Taking Care of the Household of Faith. Taking Care of the Household of Faith. The scripture on the screen in Galatians is one that many of us are familiar with. The Apostle Paul's writing and saying, Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. How many folks here raise your hand this morning and say, I'm part of that household of faith? Anybody here? Good. I'm seeing most of your hands. Some of you look a little confused, but that might be normal. So if, you're, if you have faith towards God through believing Jesus as your Savior, then you're part of that household of faith. And the apostle is saying that for us, we need to be particularly sure that we are caring for one another as a congregation, as a church family. And out of that care and that health and that life that increases in us will flow life out into the streets of our community. So we're going to talk about that specific thing in just a moment. I want to talk about three greats, and then we're going to focus in on one of those greats. I'm not talking about fireplace greats. I'm talking about three great things that Jesus said, these are great, okay? And the first one is the great commandment, which is one we all have probably heard. Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. Sometimes I think, why couldn't you have just said that at the beginning? We wouldn't have so much to read in the Bible, huh? So, I think he had another purpose for that. So that's the great commandment. Okay, the second one is the great commission. And we're familiar with this also. We talk about this periodically. And uh, when Jonathan Curtis gets up here and talks about missions, sometimes he brings this up. Matthew 28, 18 through 20, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority on heaven and earth, therefore go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching these new disciples to obey all the commands 
I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So that's the Great Commission. So what's the Great Commandment? To love God and to love our neighbor as ourself. The Great Commission is to go, and it's not just talking to missionaries here, okay? It's talking to all of us to go to whoever God puts in our way and to help them come to faith and become a follower, which is what disciple means, a follower of Jesus. And we can all do that every day with the people we meet in some way, okay? The third great is the great, what we call the great commitment. And Peter talks about this in 1 Peter 5, 2. Care for the flock that God has entrusted to you. Watch over it willingly, not grudgingly, not for what you will get out of it, but because you are eager to serve God. So that's the commitment to care for the flock. And remember, we are the flock of His hand. Psalm like 100 says, I think. We are the sheep in His pasture. We are His flock, right? And not only is Jesus our great shepherd, but He gives others in the flock to care for the flock. And we're going to be talking about that. We've heard a lot about the first two greats, the Great Commandment. We've heard a lot about the Great Commission. Those are not our focus today. This is the third great, the Great Commitment is our focus. So what is this Great Commitment? It really expresses the second half of that Great Commandment, doesn't it? To love our neighbor as ourselves. It's basically the instruction for us as believers to take care of those that God has entrusted to us, to tend to the sheep. On that great commandment, loving God has to do with our the believers developing the believers' spirituality, their spiritual life. Loving people or loving our neighbor has to do with caring for and nurturing the people that are as well as those that are not yet here but are coming in that God will be bringing. Before Jesus returned to heaven, his concern was for the sheep that he was about to leave behind. How many of you remember Jesus' prayer in John 17? Right, at, He's in the upper room. He's right before the cross, which is, or, you know, Easter is right around the corner. And Jesus is praying for his disciples, and I, I put that scripture in there from John 17. Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name. While I was with them, I protected them and kept them safe by that name you gave me. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. So Jesus was concerned for the sheep that he was leaving behind when he ascended to the Father. He wanted to make sure they were cared for. And one of the things he did is he met with Peter after Peter got back up after falling down. You remember when Peter fell down? Jesus had told him, Peter, you're going to deny me three times, right? Before the rooster crows. And when Jesus was taken before, um, taken before the Sanhedrin and before the high priest on that night from, from Gethsemane, he was brought there and Peter followed him. And Peter's on the outside of the courtyard watching by a fire. It's night and they're, they're accusing Jesus and and trying to uh, ac accuse him, trying to um, come up with charges against him. And what did Peter do when the, when the girl came up to him and said, uh, you're one of his disciples. 
What did Peter say? Not me. Never seen the guy. In fact, it says the third time he even swore. And many of us can go, sometimes I'm a little bit like Peter. Uh-huh. I certainly have been. How many times have I been ashamed of Jesus? But Peter, it says, went out and wept bitterly. But he didn't fall away. Judas, on the other hand, he wept bitterly too, but he gave up and killed himself. Not what God desired for him. But later on, Jesus goes to the lake where Peter and his brother are fishing. They're out in the boat, maybe, I don't know, 100 yards, I'm guessing. And Jesus hollers out there and says, hey, they're not catching anything, right? You throw your net on the other side of the boat. Something in Peter's memory clicked, and he goes, I've heard that before. Oh, and he realizes, he tells John, it's Jesus. And what does Peter do? He takes his coat off and jumps in to start swimming to shore. And he gets to the shore, and Jesus has got breakfast cooking over a fire on the beach. Doesn't that sound good? How many of you like to eat uh, over a, a fire out in the wilderness or something? Ooh, I love doing that. Love the smell of the smoke. I was a Boy Scout. Never goes away. But Jesus invites Peter to eat with him, and then he asks him these three questions. He says, Peter, do you love me? This is in John chapter 21. Peter says, yes, Lord, I love you. You know I love you. He says, feed my lambs. And then he says it again, Peter, do you love me? And Peter goes, Lord, you know I love you. And he says, feed, tend, tend my sheep. And then it, he asks him a third time, Peter, do you love me? And Peter's pretty distraught at this time. He says, Lord, you know I love you. He says, feed my sheep. Why three times? Any guesses? Yeah, maybe so. Jesus denied Peter three times. So Jesus recommissions him, calls him back into his ministry three times. And what is his ministry? It's caring for the sheep. Is caring for Jesus' sheep important to Jesus? Holy cow, yeah. This is serious business. And, and he overcame... Bro um, Brooke talked about it. Peter's shame at his denial. This told Peter, I am forgiven. What I did to Jesus that, that, that night in denying him is washed away. He wants me. He wants me. He's including me. And Peter was launched on a ministry that changed him forever. And he's the one that wrote this verse in 1 Peter 5, 2. We talked about a little bit ago. Watch over the flock. Care for the flock that God has entrusted to you. The Holy Spirit is emphasizing a truth to the church these days. And we're going to act on that truth by developing a system that's going to really care for our congregation in a much better way than we've been doing. That's what this care system is that we've been talking about. Because if we aren't caring for those that God has already given to us, 
why should he send any more people to us if we're not really caring for them? We have people coming in the front door, but if they're not being cared for, they're just going to go out the back door, and, and that happens. It really does. So there's got to be a balance between the Great Commission, which is going and getting people and discipling them, and the Great Commitment, which is really caring for them, helping them grow up into God, helping them become fully devoted followers of Jesus, helping them find the healing that they need from their lives because we come, when we come to the Lord, especially if we come to the Lord as teenagers or adults, we come with a lot of brokenness and a lot of hurt that God needs to be able to heal. And we need, as the body of Christ, to be able to facilitate that happening. Bible says that the world will know that we are his disciples if we have what for one another? Love for one another. Love has got to be more than just words, right? I can hug Celeste and say, Celeste, I love you. But when Celeste is hungry and her mother's in the hospital and she needs somebody to help out, if we're not there for her, are we really loving her? No. We're just using words. There's so many ways that's demonstrated. We have to show God's love in tangible ways. We have to be intentional. And that's why you want, we want to establish a system of caring for you, for our body, for our family. We don't want people to fall through the cracks. We keep saying it over and over again. And this, So we're going to do this by establishing a care ministry network. Our congregation has a lot of needs. Not just because we live here or what kind of, because we work for the railroad or whatever it is. We are just normal people and people have needs. We need, we have a need for belonging, to be part of a family. We have needs, um, just all kinds of things. And it's not just the crisis things, you know, like being in the hospital or having an accident or losing a family member, and those are crises. We need to have just everyday care for one another. How many of you know that, that living in alliance with most of the industry in our town being a three-shift industry, railway, Parker, Hennepin, and agriculture, how many of you know those are time-consuming jobs? A lot of those people work 10, 12 hours a day, five, six days a week, sometimes seven days a week. So a lot of care is not happening because our lives are so full. So we have to really be intentional about this, what's going to happen. Crisis care is not going to bring us through. It's just not going to deal. It's not going to help us. And pastors alone cannot do the work of the ministry. We talked about that the last two weeks too. That's why maybe more than 1,700 pastors quit per month across the United States. Did you hear that? 1,700 pastors a month? I don't know how many new pastors start, but I've got a feeling it isn't as much as that are quitting. It's also they, why the polls say that 75% of pastors are in depression. i got good news for you. I'm not in depression. <laughs> I have been at times, and, uh, but not, no, God's really helping me. And also, 85% of the churches in the United States are either stagnant or in decline. That's not good, is it? And that really says that we're not caring for our, our flocks.
I shared just a, a um, Dr. Bosman shared this example of a couple that started doing this care ministry, and um, they had they came back. But this is what happened for a long time. It says they were li- long time faithful members. Their name were Bill and Susie. They dropped out of church when their son died with AIDS. When they were asked why they had left the church, their response was, we didn't leave the church. The church left us. The church left us. Nobody seemed to care, and nobody really showed concern. How many times does that happen? When people come and they have needs, there's no way to really express that need. There's nobody that's saying, hey, what's going on in your life? Can I pray for you? Can we help? We have no idea how many people leave our churches because we don't take the time to minister to one another. So I want to talk about the solution to this now, and I want to ask um, Terry and Kelly if you'd pass these out. Just give one per couple for now. And we'll have make these available over the next couple weeks too. I want to remind you again, when I, when I say that the pastors can't do this all, because I've been in church where it's expected for the pastor to do all the caring, all the caring, okay? And that's been very normal for American churches. I remember being in Oregon, and a guy come up to me and goes, my, my wife was in the hospital this week. How come you didn't visit her? And I remember going, uh, duh, nobody told me she was in the hospital, for one thing. Secondly, why is it that the pastor has to do all the visitation? What does it say in Ephesians 4:11? Christ himself gave us apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers to equip who? His people, the saints, for the work of ministry. That's the caring for the body. Sarah and I are the two licensed pastors in this church. Brooke and I talked about how long would it take us to get every family in this church over to our house once a year for a meal, not apart from what it would cost. It would take us over a year to get all the families in this church. There are probably 75 to 90 families represented in this church. And we've tried. Yeah, People's lives are crazy busy. It doesn't work. But if all of us are being developed and learning how to function in the giftings. We talked about that last week, that God has given us. We're going to find out that people are being cared for. It's going to change their lives. So it's not my job. It's my job to equip you to do the work of ministry. I do some ministry too. I always will. Dr. Bosman says that this we are in now what's called a second reformation. Remember the first Reformation with Martin Luther? It's where they actually gave the Bible back to the people. So, you know, the Bible at that point was kept in the Catholic Church. Only the priests could handle it. And then after the Reformation, everybody was encouraged to get a Bible and read it. That's right when the printing press started making Bibles, copies. Now the second Reformation is where we're giving the ministry back to the people that's been in the hands only of the priests, only of the paid professional. We're learning how to equip you to do the ministry God has called you to do. 
I'm going to train you. Sarah and I and our team are going to train you to partner with me in providing care to each member of our church family. We're going to raise a core of people to care. That's what this care ministry network is all about. Many of you already have the basic qualifications. If you love people, you can pastor people. Not talking about preach sermons, not talking about counseling. I'm talking about if you love people, you can pastor. Remember what does pastor mean? It means to shepherd. It means to to care for somebody. Right? If you love people. How many of you have had Kelly love you? Raise your hands. That's about half the group here, Kelly. Is Kelly a licensed pastor? No. How come Kelly's pastoring you? Because she loves people. I know there are lots of you out there that have huge hearts and love people, and I believe God, particularly, this would be an incredible ministry for you to be part of this network. What is this care ministry network? Very simply, it's an authentic and proven system of congregational care which enables God's people to care for one another. Okay? It's a system. In other words, we're going to do this intentionally of congregational care, not crisis care, but just general, hey, how are you doing? I just, you've been on my heart, I've been praying for you. How are you guys doing? Things like that. When they see you in church, hey, you've been, we've been praying for you this week. Did that prayer get answered? What's God doing? It's just caring. It's asking questions. It's being in one another's lives. It's loving one another. Number three, it's care of God's people, which means you. And it means to care for one another. It's it's going to be for all those who call this church their home. For those that are on their way to becoming a part of our congregation. The love of God has to flow down the aisles of our churches before it will flow down the streets of our cities. I really believe, and this has been the case of congregations that have begun to do this, they've found out that their people are getting healthy and getting excited about the Lord, are growing in their faith, and they're reaching out to others as a consequence. And the churches that are doing this are growing, not because they were trying to grow so much as the fact that whatever is healthy reproduces. Right? It does. So here's how we're going to do this. We're going to equip and utilize you, our own people, to fulfill this need. We're going to set you up for success. You're not going to be thrown into the deep end. We're going to thoroughly train and equip the people that that are part of this. You're not going to be left alone. We're going to make sure that there are people standing with you and walking with you all the time through this. You'll have a mentor. We're going to have a care pastors training conference March on Friday, March 13th and Saturday, March 14th. Friday is probably going to be uh, 6.30 to 8.30, Saturday from like 9 to 2, okay? And we're going to equip you, that are, those of you that indicate interest, 
and can come to the training. We're going to equip you to be able to do this. And again, care pastoring is not you acting like the pastor, but representing and partnering with me and Pastor Sarah. You don't have to go to seminary. All you got to do is love people and care. And we'll help you with some of the skills and what to do when you call somebody and they go, my wife's in the hospital. She just had a heart attack. Or if somebody says, our kids are going crazy, what do we do? We'll help you with that so that you're not going to be the one that has to go try to counsel them. We're going to work together as a team. So we've passed out these cards. And I want to ask you now to fill those out. And if you need a pen, I'm going to have Brooke pass pens out. There's a bunch in here. And I want to pick those up in about five minutes, seven minutes. Now, I want to um, put a chart up on the, what's the next slide, Dale? Okay, at this conference, if you are selected to be a care pastor, and we're going to be, we're going to be you know, checking people's backgrounds and stuff, because we don't want to have anybody that we don't feel can represent us well doing this, but you will be commissioned at a certain point and authorized publicly. You'll have hands laid on you, anointed with oil, and we'll pray for you and set you into this ministry. And you'll receive an official certificate for doing this, coming to the training. And you'll become a part of the Care Ministry Network and be part of a team of amazing people. So it's only a healthy church that can really effectively reach out to the world and win the lost, do missions and disciple people. God wants us to be a healthy church. And I believe we can be a lot healthier than we have been. We're on the way to doing this. So I really want to invite you to come alongside me. I need you guys. God needs you. The Lord has actually called many of you and gifted many of you to care about other people. And you're the people that I believe God is calling specifically to be a part of this network. So I want to ask um, Terry to come up first. And then I'm going to ask Kelly to share. Terry is our, go ahead and put the chart up. It's another slide or two. Keep going. There it is. Back, back one. There it is. Here's the flow chart, okay? Jesus Christ is the head. Then he's put me as a shepherd um, over to watch over this and help it develop. Our care director is Pastor, not Pastor Terry, but she's Chaplain Terry. She is a licensed, ordained chaplain, and she has a tremendous heart for people and caring, and she really believes in this ministry. Terry's going to lead a team that includes Kelly Dagnan and Sam Gilmore and maybe one other person. And then under them, we need 12 to 15, eventually anyway, care pastors, and that's what this training is for you to, to learn how to be a care pastor. You will be over when you're or after you're commissioned, uh, five to seven family units. It could be a single, a couple with a couple little kids, and a couple, uh, an older couple without children or kids that have grown up, but five to seven people. And then your job, again, will not be to counsel them or preach to them, but just to love them and care for them. And you'll, have to, you'll make touches each month into their lives and so on. So Terry's going to share a little bit about her heart about this. So I am really excited about this. Um, I think it's really important that everyone ha 
has a place in the body, the place where they know they belong they, and that they're cared for. Somebody recently told me, she, she said, well, I see you always as being very happy and joyful and you're, you know, you're just really always in that good mood place. And, and I just had to think about that and thank God for that because it's mostly true. But there was a time when it wasn't true at all. And uh, so, so to the praise and glory of God's name, I have a son who's now seven years in, um, in his sobriety. And I also have a daughter who's seven years um, in as cured as a uh, survivor of lymphoma. <clears throat> so seven years ago, I was at the bottom of my lowest point because I didn't know my son was about to start sobriety because he was at the bottom of his journey in addiction uh, to alcohol. <clears throat> and my, my daughter was uh, diagnosed with a very aggressive, very advanced, most of you know the story now, but back then, seven years ago, very few of you knew the story. Back then, I needed a church family. And thank goodness, thank goodness, thank God I had some great um, Bible study friends that supported me and encouraged me. But you know what? They, they weren't really a part of, of this congregation. When I came to church on Sunday mornings here, I didn't feel like anybody cared for me. I didn't feel like anybody understood the pain as a mother as watching her two children, who, her two adult children, going through these devastating um, and traumatic life issues. Nobody understood. Nobody sent me cards of comfort or encouragement. Nobody, I'm not trying to say this to shame, any, the, shame the church. I'm just saying there was nothing in place. There was nothing in place to make sure that so, somebody, that any of us, wouldn't fall through their cracks during a crisis time. The pastor didn't have time. The pastor at that time, seven years ago, he didn't have time. He knew, but it's just, it wasn't part of his uh, observation, op observational gifting, you might say. Um, so anyway, all that to say that I don't want to see anybody go through any kind of life issues no matter how big or how small. I don't want anybody to have this, to have the great celebration joys alone. I want us to be a family. And with this care network, we can make sure that nobody falls through the cracks. Now, if some of this sounds like it's, it's like way more than you think you can handle, oh, I could never be that one of those care pastors. Well, first of all, don't sell yourself short, for starters. But secondly, you don't have to start there. You can start by being a flock member. You can start by having, just allowing somebody to care for you, being a, allowing us to assign you a care pastor. That's where you can start. Then when you can see and have more confidence in how God is, has equipped you and how, how God has built confidence in you and love in you for the body of Christ, then we can talk about getting you through the training also getting you uh, promoted, if you will, into a care pastor position. But we don't want anybody to be left out of the, of the, of the network. 
So, um, so that that's kind of did I get everything? Thank you for sharing that testimony, being so uh, real with us. Terry, would you grab that basket back there on the shelf? And Terry's going to, um, when you go out, if you would just fill out that slip before you go out and drop it in that basket so we have an idea of, of how we're doing as far as we're going to be having this training session Friday evening and Saturday, m middle of the day, again, in two weeks from now on the 13th and 14th. We need to have an idea. On that slip, as you can see, there's a place to mark down, I can't make that training, but I'm interested in this. And please, if that's you, check it, and we'll, we'll have another training down the road because we want to get people opportunity. We know what kind of schedules Alliance people have. There's a third box on that slip that says, you know, I, I just don't feel like I'm supposed to do this or can do this. It's not my gifting, or I just don't feel like I can at this time. But I'll pray. And if that's you, please mark that box. Uh, we're not trying to push anybody into anything that they're not ready for. So I want to have Kelly now come up and share a few thoughts. Uh, she also is a huge heart for this network idea of how to really care for our people. I spent hours last night making notes and writing my speech. Um, I'm not a great public speaker. This is totally, totally out of my comfort zone. Um, but I think back to a few years ago when my family was going through something so traumatic to me that it's still so fresh and so raw today. And I was a believer, Jane, okay, I we had been saved, but it was such, such a hard time that I started turning my back and I, I refused to go to church. We had just started going to this new church and um, a friend had invited me to. And she was like, Kelly, I want you to come back. I want you to come back. And I said, no, no. Um, I don't, my, my shoes are worn out, you know, I can't go to, you know, I can't go to church, I, you know, and that was my excuse, is I didn't have new shoes to go to church, that's how desperate I was not to go to church, and she was, nobody else in the church had reached out to me, nobody in the church really cared, um, except for this one friend, she prayed, and she prayed, and she prayed until I went back to church. So I gave in, and I went back to church, and um, that was like a turning point for me. And I see, and I think if, you know, that church, it wasn't equipped with a care ministry. And I see, and I think if there wasn't one person looking out for me, if there wasn't that one person who would notice I wasn't in church, if there wasn't that one person that was praying for me, I probably wouldn't be standing here today because I would still be very mad. Um, so when I think of the care ministry, I think you'll always have somebody there that's going to have your back. You're going to have somebody there praying for you. Um, it's, you know, like my pastor said, you know, you don't have to, You don't have to have a minister's license, and you know you don't have to be this, you know, big bold person. Because here I am, I'm standing up here and I'm shaking. I'm so scared right now. 
and you don't, you know, I know if I can get up, I can speak to each one of you personally, and I'll have no problem with it. Um, but coming up here is pretty daunting. Um, so I know if I can do it, you know, we can all come together and we can just love and build relationships. That's basically what the care ministry is, is just building relationships. Um, making sure that if a family comes in and they don't come in for the rest of the month, they've got somebody, you know, calling on them, checking on them, be like, hey, you know, are you guys, are you guys okay? Um, it's, it's just as simple as that. Just caring for one another, having each other's backs, praying for each other because that is so important. I just sit here and I think if I hadn't had that one person praying for me, Another example is um, I've, I never met my father-in-law. He was killed um, by a bolt of lightning when my husband was 14. And um, my mother-in-law, she's told me multiple times how probably within a month, the church, everybody disappeared. Um, you know, when, when she lost her husband, she was a widow with two kids. Of course, the, the church stepped in, and, you know, they, they helped her for a week. But then she said after a month, she never heard from one single person again. Like, they didn't care. Like, their, their ministry was over. They, they took care of, you know, what they needed to, and then it was over. That's not right. Because that still scars her today on how her church just kind of turned their back on her. And if you think about it, you know, it is, it can be kind of daunting. People, you don't know what to do in those situations. And hopefully with um, the, the training, you know, we can get a better grasp, but better understanding of what we can do for people in those situations besides turn our back on them. Um, so I have a lot in my notes, but then you said it. I was like, well. Check, there goes that one. Check, there goes that one. Didn't she do good? I'm proud of you. Amen. You know, as we close, I just wanted to say one last thing. We really are supposed to be like an Afghan. How many of your grandmas made Afghans or you had one hanging over the back of the couch? My grandma did that. You know, when you throw a basketball and you've got an Afghan, you've got people holding the corners of it, you throw a basketball and it hits that thing, what does it do? Does it go right through it? No, that Afghan stretches back, and then the basketball falls back. That's the way we're supposed to be. If we're connected, if we are caring for one another, when the enemy hits us, we're going to stretch, and then we're going to come back. We're not going to lose any of us. Remember when we talked about fishing nets, that that word equip means the same thing as mending your nets. When nets get holes in them, you lose the fish. The enemy has his way. God wants us to be able to be so knit together in God's love and care that we can stretch no matter what comes. We'll always come back to that shape and we'll be able to provide that warmth and comfort for everybody involved. So let's close in prayer and then I really ask that you would fill that out and drop it off in the basket as you go out. God, thank you so much for your word and how powerful it is. I'm so glad, Lord, that you didn't call me to do all the ministry, me and Pastor Sarah. (laughs) Lord, I'm I'm hard-pressed just to be able to to care for my leadership and my own family. So, Lord, I ask and I thank you. I pray you really put it on people's hearts 
to say, hey, I, I care for people. I can, I can check on people. I can make some phone calls. I can pray with somebody on the phone. Or whatever it would be, Lord, that you would just uh, do that. And we pray that there would be people who would come out for this training. I know it's hard to do any kind of a lengthy training in our town. Lord, I pray there would be people available, and we can maybe do another one down the road, and that we can provide opportunities so everybody that has a heart for this can be trained. And Lord, we really want to do care. We don't, we don't want to be so messed up with our own family, God, and, and so poorly cared for that we can't reach out beyond and see the harvest out there. So, Lord, we ask that you'd bring us to a place of caring and health so we can actually be sent out and be laborers in your vineyard. We just thank you for today and ask that you bless us as we go. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, it's snowing. Be careful as you go. Looks like it's uh, adding up fast. <laughs>